Welcome to Coffee and Sports, your weekly podcast that makes you smarter on the most intriguing topics from this past week in the world of sports, all in the 20 minutes or so it takes you to drink your coffee. I'm your host, Colin Fleming. I covered sports for years for ESPN, now coming to your ears from Los Angeles, California. I'm joined by my partner in crime. He's the former Division I all-conference offensive lineman who then went on to become a football recruiter. It's the one and only Jeffrey Earl Hines. And Jeff, this is usually where I mention your Joe Thomas transformation into a flat belly, but Denver is expecting snow this weekend, so I hope that means you have an 18-inch pizza, a couple dozen wings, and a box of Voodoo Donuts already ordered to go with the 30-pack of cores sitting in the fridge. Colin, you know me too well. The sky is gray and white. The grass is brown, and yes, we're going to get a snowstorm. I have the wings, the pizza, all the works. I also have about a half gallon of ice cream ready to go. We are breaking down the Super Bowl, talking NBA trade deadline, MLB, UFC, and even XFL. So let's not waste any time and get into it all with three and out. All right, three and out. Here we go, Jeff. The three most intriguing from this past week of the world of sports. And yes, all three topics are going to be from the Super Bowl. Topic number one, after trailing by double digits all three postseason game, the Chiefs respond and are Super Bowl champions. How about those Chiefs? Jeff, what should we take away from this remarkable postseason run? I mean, first off, Colin, it was fun to watch. That was just a great postseason run by the Chiefs. But biggest takeaway, it's not over till it's over, especially when you have Pat Mahomes uh, dialing it up. You know, he was down a multiple game, came back. That's why I'm going to remember it's not over until it's over. Topic number two, after three seasons, Pat Mahomes now has two championship game appearances, a league MVP, a Super Bowl MVP, and most importantly, a Super Bowl championship. Jeff, what's the ceiling for Mahomes at this point in his career? And how big of an impact will Andy Reid play in his future success? Yeah, Colin, both these are great questions. You know, first thing I want to address is Coach Reid. Uh, it's going to be a huge impact on Mahomes' career how long Coach Reed uh, stays around and keeps leading that team. Now, yesterday at the parade, Colin, uh, I noticed something when, you know, Andy Reed had the microphone. Uh, He kept emphasizing one more year. Uh, We're going to do this again one more time. We're going to do this next year one more time. He kept saying it. He kept emphasizing the one more time. So maybe this is going to be Coach Reed's last year. Uh, but how long he's around will have an impact uh, on Pat Mahomes' career. Uh, now, as far as Pat Mahomes' ceiling, I don't know if he has a ceiling. We've never seen anybody like Pat Mahomes. Uh, you know, we can compare him to an Aaron Rodgers, uh, a Russell Wilson, a Brett Favre. We can compare him to those guys. But he does things that they de- never did. He's better at the things that they did well. Uh, So we've never seen anybody like Pat Mahomes. So I don't know his ceiling because we've never seen this before. Uh, But definitely fun to watch. I can't wait to see the rest of his career. Topic number three, after completely mismanaging the clock to close out the first half and then abandoning the run game in the fourth quarter up 10, Kyle Shanahan finds himself on the losing end of a Super Bowl once again. Jeff, how much blame falls on the shoulders of San Francisco's head coach? Yeah, Colin, you know, really I'm going to answer this in two parts. Hey, the end of the first half, 100% on Shanahan's shoulders. Uh, that's on him. It baffled me during the game. People have tried to explain to me what he was thinking, 
All I know is you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to score a ton of points. When you have the opportunity to score, I don't care when it is, you try to score. So that baffled me. That's 100% on his shoulders. Now, in the second half, or mainly the fourth quarter, last seven minutes, you know, as far as him abandoning the run game, I don't feel he abandoned the run game because up until that point in the game, you know, they were passing more than they were running. So they weren't relying as much on the run in the game. They're using the play action pass. They're 12 of 14 on those going into the quarter for over 150 yards. They were overall passing the ball well in those first three quarters. The issue was the plays were there. The players didn't make plays when they needed to. Also, Kyle Shanahan, he watched the Super Bowl when he was the Atlanta Falcons offense coordinator. He said, I would redo some of those play calls. If I had to do over, I would change them. He's already watched this Super Bowl, and he said he'd do the exact same thing. I agree. Play calling was fine in the fourth. First half, totally on him. Uh, But overall, I thought he called a great game. And that does it for three and out. Jeff, what do you say we hop aboard the express train? Choo-choo. All aboard. First stop on the express train, it's standing ovation. Jeff, these are the three best things we saw from the past week of the world of sports. Topic number one, LeBron James steps up to the mic. So in the words of Kobe Bryant, Mamba out. But in the words of us, not forgotten. Live on, brother. Jeff, what did LeBron's words mean for the rest of the country and even the world Friday night? Yeah, Colin, this was uh, you know great to see, great to hear. And really what I think the, the biggest message to everybody, all fans uh, around the country and around the world, is that he's going to carry on Kobe's legacy. Kobe's, we're going to still see Kobe. We're going to see it through LeBron. That's what I know made me feel good. I'm sure a lot of fans as well. Uh, knowing that Kobe's not going away anytime soon. Topic number two, staying in Los Angeles, Jeff. The Dodgers sent shockwaves through the sports world Tuesday when they acquired both Mookie Betts and David Price from the Red Sox for virtually nothing. Uh, They're definitely the favorite in the National League, uh, Colin. Uh, David Price was a big surprise in the trade. We all expected Mookie to get traded. Uh, But really, are they the favorite to win the World Series? Um, You know, Vegas has the Yankees as the favorites, but when you get Mookie Betts, David Price, a lot of postseason experience added to that roster. Mookie Betts, young talent, MVP caliber every single year. You know, it's tough not to make them the favorite in my eyes. Uh, But there's a reason, Colin, the casinos in Vegas keep getting taller, though. Moving on, topic number three, the NBA trade deadline. It was a wild 48 hours in the NBA as the Warriors trade D'Angelo Russell for former number one pick Andrew Wiggins. Detroit, Detroit ships Andre Drummond to the last place Cleveland Cavs. Yep, don't quite understand that one. The Clippers add Isaiah Thomas and Marcus Morris in a three-way trade with the Knicks and Wizards. In the Heat, land Andre Iguodala from Memphis. Jeff, this league. Man, I tell you, this league. Of all the trades, which was the most impactful? Um, Colin, I'm going to touch on a few of them and then get into uh, the one that's most impactful. You know, for this year, uh, probably the Clippers because Morris gives them uh, great defense. And for the Heat, getting Iggy, uh, gets that veteran leadership championship uh, championship pedigree. Going to be huge for the Heat for the future. 
I know the Warriors, Steph, Clay, uh, Draymond, and Wiggins, that's going to be a lethal lineup. Uh, plus, they have some picks that they can still have some fun uh, fun with and will be fun to watch. Uh, but the trade I really want to talk about, Colin, uh, was that big block, that big trade, 12-player trade between the Rockets, Nuggets, Wolves, and Hawks. Uh, first off, that's the biggest trade since 2000 when Patrick Ewing got traded to Seattle Supersonics. Uh, so it's a massive trade, but I thought Denver did great in this one. Uh, they got their uh, first, the first round pick from the Rockets for this year's draft. And what that allows them to do, Colin, uh, is now they can trade next year's first round pick. Because in the NBA, you're not allowed uh, to have two years in a row without a first round pick. So now they got this one. They can trade next year's, which would be very valuable because we all know in 2022, that super draft is happening. People are going to be gearing up with picks for that draft. Uh, but overall, it's fun to watch at the trade deadline. Next stop on the express train. What are you doing? It's exactly as it sounds, Jeff. Let's go back to the Super Bowl here. Topic number one, the MVP award. Jeff, what are MVP voters doing not making Damian Williams the MVP after going off for 100 plus yards and a touchdown on the ground and bringing in another touchdown through the air? Uh, Colin, you picked Mahomes last week as your MVP for the game and you talked about QB bias. Uh, Looks like the voters held true to that. Topic number two, Pat Mahomes. Mahomes did not have his best game for the first 50 minutes of action, which included multiple missed passes and two interceptions. Jeff, what was Mahomes doing before turning it on in the final 10 minutes? Yeah, Colin, I don't know if it's so much what was Pat Mahomes doing or not doing before the final 10 minutes, but more the Niners defense is absolutely balling out. Their pass rush was putting constant pressure on Mahomes, not letting him out of the pocket. Secondary was not allowing any deep plays, making everything in front of them, rallying, making tackles, just making life really tough for Mahomes and that Chiefs offense. But that was before the final 10 minutes. We all saw what happened in the final. I'm pretty sure the Niners got a little tired. Maybe that's why you don't go into halftime with the score tied, Jeff. (laughs) Maybe. Topic number three, George Kittle. Jeff, I'm going to drop some knowledge on you here. When Kittle had five or more catches in a game this season, San Francisco was nine and one. Jeff, what were the 49ers doing only getting Kittle four receptions in the Super Bowl? Colin, they wanted to get him the ball. They were trying to. They had him running routes to be open. Jimmy G wasn't seeing him. He was missing the passes. Heck, Chris Jones was batting the ball out of the air. Uh, And it also didn't help that George Kittle's had that offensive pass interference call. I see why they call it. Do I agree with it? No. Uh, but they tried to get him the ball. It just didn't work out. Next up on the express train, do you agree, Jeff? I'm going to make three statements about next year's NFL based on the teams we saw in Sunday Super Bowl. Topic number one, the 49ers will be back in the Super Bowl next season. I disagree, Colin. Only eight teams have done it in NFL history. And three of those times, it was the Buffalo Bills when they lost four in a row. So I disagree. Topic number two, Pat Mahomes will be the highest paid player in NFL history before the start of the season. Yeah, Colin, he might be the highest paid player this season because he's not going to get that long-term deal. The Chiefs have to worry about Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey. Also for for Pat Mahomes, why sign now when the salary cap's going to increase and he can get paid even more in the next year or two? So why would he sign And also for the Chiefs, they need to focus elsewhere. And then last week, I talked 
about the stat of top five quarterbacks and salary cap hit and winning the Super Bowl. So if Pat Mahomes really wants to win another Super Bowl, he may want to hold off on signing that contract. Topic number three, Nick Bosa will be the defensive player of the year in his sophomore season. Totally agree on this one, Colin. Uh, you know, he had, he had 12 pressures in the Super Bowl. He got better as the year went on. He has a great toolbox. Uh, if he can stay healthy, he has a great offseason. Uh, no, no reason why he won't be the defense player of the year. Next up on the express train, laugh or trash. Jeff, we'll go through three topics and you're going to tell us if we should laugh or if it is trash. Topic number one, Travis Kelsey is a man of the people at the Chiefs parade. We had to fight for a right to party! (laughs) Jeff, laugh or trash? (laughs) Definitely laugh at this. I'm impressed with how many beers he drank before this. He could give that type of performance. Topic number two, Aaron Gordon appears to be very high. And Jeff, we are not talking about above the rim. When he joins TNT Tuesday night in Shaq, make sure Aaron Gordon knows he knows. You know what I like about that dunk contest? Him and Zach, they was getting so high. When they was up there dunking, man, they were so high. I was like, damn, these boys are high. <laughs> Jeff laughed trash. I definitely laughed at this, Colin, reminding me of the time the Lakers uh, were on the Tonight Show after they won a championship and Adam Morrison's in the back. His eyes are shut. He's just giggling to himself. Reminded me of that. I laugh my tail off. Topic number three, NBA Twitter is a beautiful thing. Jeff, stick with me here now. Earlier this week, former Pac-12 legend and current Memphis Grizzly Dylan Brooks was asked about Andre Iguodala, to which Brooks responded, I cannot wait till we find a way to trade him so we can play him and show him what Memphis is all about. Then, Rookie of the Year frontrunner John Morant got involved, tweeting his teammates' comments with a preach emoji for all to hear, to which Iggy's former teammate, Steph Curry, posted an image of Andre holding up the NBA Finals trophy and the number three, meaning Jeff, he's a three-time NBA champ. Shut up, rookie. To which Ja got involved again, this time responding to Steph's post with a photo of Kevin Durant holding up the NBA Finals MVP trophy, something Steph has never done. Jeff, we said it before on the show. We'll say it again. This league, Jeff Laffer trash. <laughs> you gotta laugh. Love NBA Twitter, uh, Colin, especially because John Morant and Dylan Brooks, uh, they're definitely the winners in this battle. Number one, they got Iggy out of Memphis. Uh, John Morant probably locked up the rookie of the year. And for Dylan Brooks, because Iggy's out, they freed up some money, and he just got that $35 million payday. Final stop on the express train, Jeff. It's who did it better. We're going to go through three topics. You're going to tell us who did it better, and this is also going to be all Super Bowl-related. Topic number one, Jeff, the most important question we will ask on this show, who did it better, J-Lo or Shakira during the halftime show? Colin, Shakira, not only do her hips not lie, her abs don't lie either. To quote the famous Michael Wilbon, golly. Topic number two on this very prestigious program, we said the 49ers defensive line would be a force, and Jeff, they were. But who did it better on Super Bowl Sunday, DeForest Buckner or Nick Bosa? Uh, they both play great, Colin. I'm going with DeForest Buckner on this. You know, stat line a little better, a couple extra uh, QB hits, a half sack more, a uh, couple extra tackles. But what I really saw to Buckner. He really forced uh, the depth of the pocket, really got in Pat Mahomes' face, didn't let him step up, escape out. 
Uh, so I'm going to Forrest Buckner on this. Final topic on the express train, Jeff. Who did it better, Tyreek Hill or Sammy Watkins? Tyreek Hill had 105 yards while Sammy had 98. But Jeff, who did it better on Sunday? Yeah, Colin, I'm going with Sammy Watkins uh, on this. Uh, all game, he was lining up on Richard Sherman. You know, of course, he did flop sides every once in a while. But for most part, he's on Richard Sherman. The announcers kept talking about how it was one-on-one and they're never throwing the ball at Richard. They're never hitting Sammy. All game, he just kept running and running and running and getting Richard Sherman tired. Uh, And then when it mattered the most uh, in clutch time and Richard Sherman really needed to step up and make a play, uh, you know, he definitely uh, didn't. He was a little winded. Sammy Watkins had set him up. And I think after that play, Uh, I'm guessing Richard Sherman went up to Sammy Watkins and told him, man, you're not mediocre. And that does it for the express train. Jeff, what do you say we finish this off with some rapid fire? Let's heat it up. Jeff, my MVP is LeBron James. I know we talked about it earlier in the show, but let me say this. LeBron is my MVP, and anyone who knows me knows how big of a statement that is for me to say. As a lifelong Kobe fan, supporter, and embracer of Mamba mentality, I've always had animosity towards LeBron, mostly because I always felt Kobe was better and didn't want to hear otherwise. Jeff, entering last Friday night when Staples Center was doing a tribute to the life and legacy of Kobe Bryant, LeBron was simply a player on the Lakers. Well, after that speech, he officially became a Laker. After the horrible tragedy that occurred two Sundays ago, taking the lives of nine people, including Kobe Bryant, LA was mourning. I was mourning. You see it everywhere. Even the buses say RIP Kobe to this day. And Jeff, it was LeBron's voice myself and Laker Nation needed to hear. And no one asked LeBron to step up to the mic that night. But like he has so many times in his career, he stepped up in the big moment and was there when his team and city needed him. And for that, he's my MVP. And oh, by the way, his five threes on five attempts in the fourth quarter Tuesday night against the Spurs was pretty awesome too. (laughs) Jeff, who's your MVP? (laughs) That was awesome, Colin. Uh, My MVP, Andy Reid, getting his first Super Bowl. Everybody's happy for him. And of course, he he coached in Northern Arizona, so he is a lumberjack. uh, So I'm a little biased to him, but... I'm also going to pull Eric Bieniemy into this MVP uh, column because their play calling was so fun to watch. The inverted wishbone, the options with Mahomes, uh, the heck, the option with Travis Kelsey. It was just fun to watch uh, on Sunday. And I also appreciate the fact that Andy Reid and Bieniemy, they trusted their players on fourth down. They didn't even think twice. They went out there. They ran the play. They knew that they were going to get it. So that was a lot of fun to watch. So Andy Reid uh, and Eric Bieniemy are my MVPs. Uh, and also, Colin, I talked before about Andy Reid, you know, emphasizing one more year. Uh, maybe Eric Bieniemy didn't take a head coaching job because he's planning on uh, – planning on replacing Andy Reid. I love it, Jeff. Next up on Rapid Fire, it's what to watch for. Each of us are going to tell you what we're watching this weekend. Jeff, I'll go first. I am watching the XFL for five minutes, that is, just so I can see those double forward passes and live betting on screen. Look, I've watched enough Chargers preseason football over the last couple seasons to know how bad Cardell Jones is. So five minutes of action will be more than enough. After that, I'm going to go to the beach, get a little sun, and then I'll check out the Oscars too, where 1917 will win for Best Picture and Cinematography. Jeff, what are you watching? John Bones Jones take on Dominic Reyes, who's undefeated 12-0. Of course, should be a great fight, but I'm really interested because 
Now, Dominic Reyes, for you know, for his job, his day job, he's a high school IT specialist, and now all of a sudden he's fighting John uh, Bones Jones. Not sure if that's fair. We'll see. I'm expecting Jones to win, but I'm going to tune in just to see how he holds up. Jeff, we will all be watching Saturday night. Can't wait for that. Next up, it's stat of the week. Jeff, my stat of the week is 42. After James Harden's massive 40 point and 12 assist performance on Tuesday night against Charlotte, Harden recorded his 42nd career double-double with at least 40 points. That means Harden is now one away from tying Shaq for the most 40-point double-doubles in NBA history. Go Devils! Uh, Colin, my stat of the week uh, is $330 million, uh, give or take a few million. Uh, But that's the total payroll uh, that John Henry is paying between the Boston Red Sox and Liverpool. Uh, And of course, we know we talked about the trade before Mookie Betts. Uh, No wonder he doesn't want to pay Mookie Betts a big contract and $40 million a year. He's already paying like crazy. Uh, And then also, Colin, just want to add on, Liverpool is still undefeated at 24-0-1. Looks like his money's paying off there. All right, Jeff, final topic on Coffee and Sports. It's the reason the millions and millions gather around their phone each and every week. It is time for a cliche sports podcast hot take. And Jeff, what do you got for us? Yeah, Colin, this week, Mark D'Antonio, a longtime coach of Michigan State University, uh, stepped down, had had a great career, brought the program uh, into the national picture I and, mean, you know, made them a power for for the last decade or so. And, you know, had a great career. Well, he stepped down this week, and uh, I find it odd that his reason for stepping down, he wants to spend more time with family. Now, Colin, uh, I, I know a lot of coaches, and typically when they want to step down, you know, for example, Urban Meyer, everybody knew going into Urban Meyer's last year uh, at Florida and at Ohio State, it was probably going to be his last year. He wanted to spend more time with his family. So I don't know if Mark D'Antonio woke up last week and said, you know, I want to spend more time with family. I'm going to go step down at Michigan State. But he really hurt Michigan State in this uh, recruiting wise. Hey, they're in a very crucial, crucial period. Signing day uh, was on Wednesday this week, uh, Colin. So really just left them hanging. Um, a lot of recruits I feel bad for. They committed, they signed, and now he's not there. Uh, and that brings me into my next thing with this, Colin. I know I'm getting a little long-winded. Uh, but also, Justin Fuentes, uh, Virginia Tech head coach, also came out this week and said that any player uh, that enters the transfer portal won't be allowed back to Virginia Tech. And now, Colin, since that transfer portal uh, opened up and was created, 1,100 athletes have entered the transfer portal. Less than 110 have found a school, and that includes scholarships and walk-ons. So the reason I'm talking about this, Colin, I don't understand why these coaches can leave anytime they want yet these players are punished when they're 18 years old for making a decision when is the ncaa going to realize these coaches hey can't be leaving these kids hanging dry jeff i love it and i think there might be sanctions not too far behind in east lansing totally agree jeff for my cliche sports podcast hot take well, first, I want to start off by saying congrats to former Chargers legend Eric Weddle on his retirement after 13 incredible seasons in the NFL. But Jeff, my hot take is this. 
after winning an average of 100 plus games over the last three seasons, I believe with the addition of Mookie Betts and David Price, the Dodgers will win 118 games this season and break the Mariners 2001 record for most regular season wins of 117. We all know they can get it done in the regular season, but it's the postseason that matters. And Jeff, this is where we are really bringing the fire. I don't think the Dodgers will get it done again this season. (laughs) That's a bold statement, Colin. And that does it for this week's edition of Coffee and Sports. We thank the millions and millions of listeners for tuning in each and every week. Please be sure to follow us at Coffee Sports Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This has been a production of Tana Bike Productions. We will see you next week. We out. Bing bong.